This is the Best Song Podcast, an oral history of the first 90 years of the Academy Award for Best Original Song. The Best Song Podcast was made possible by the generous support of the following. Paulus Edukas, Terry Freerks, Tina Fry, Jeff Glazer, Mark Hollingsworth, Douglas Meacham, Mark Smith, The Sokolov Family, Colin Stokes, Adrian Quinn Washington, and Ben Watson. Follow the show on Twitter at Best Song Podcast, where you can participate in polls, talk about your favorite movie songs, and dive deeper into the rich history of movie music. Let's settle in now for another year in movie music with host Jeff Cummings. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Let's not waste any time and let's start talking about movie songs created for the movies in 1949. A lot of the top songwriters of the 1940s were nominated for the Best Original Song Academy Award this year. Of the nine men nominated for the Oscar that year, two of them were Oscar-winning songwriters. One of them was an Oscar-winning composer. The others were celebrating their first nomination or still seeking that coveted Oscar after years of getting so close. We'll start with those two songwriters who could already call themselves Oscar winners and the one who was an Oscar-winning composer. The first Oscar-winning songwriter was Mac Gordon, who won for writing You'll Never Know with Harry Warren six years earlier. Warren and Gordon were no longer a songwriting pair in 1949. Warren was now working at MGM, where he won his third Oscar for On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Gordon extended his contract with Fox after winning for You'll Never Know, and in 1949 he was given the assignment of working on the drama Come to the Stable, starring Loretta Young and Celeste Holm as two nuns looking to build a children's hospital in a small New England town called Bethlehem. Robert, the character played by Hugh Marlowe, is a songwriter, so naturally he needed a song to perform in the movie. Alfred Newman, the head of 20th Century Fox's music department, decided that instead of looking for the right composer in Fox's roster of contract composers, he would take on the task of writing the song himself. Mac Gordon came along to supply the lyrics. The result is Through a Long and Sleepless Night, and it was Newman's first Oscar nomination as a songwriter after winning four Oscars for writing scores or serving as the musical director. Dorothy Patrick, who plays Robert's girlfriend Kitty, joins in at the end of the song. Marlowe's singing is dubbed by Ken Darby, and Eileen Wilson takes the singing duties for Dorothy Patrick. Sleepless night, I whisper your name Through a long and sleepless night Of who is to blame Can't help but wonder If you're lonely I lie there and toss about so at a loss about you. How I wish my heart would leave my memories alone. Why must I redream, relive? The joys we have known I pray that someday Our love will see the light Till then in tick-tock silence I'll beg my heart There's a scene when we find out that the nuns are $500 short of raising the money to buy a building that they want to be a temporary site for their hospital. In the following scene, 
Robert is entertaining at his home, and he's asked to sing through a long and sleepless night. He's too upset over the nuns taking over the area that he can't sing. Kitty decides to sing instead. Sleepless night, I whisper your name. Through a long and sleepless night, of who is to blame? Can't help but wonder if you're As I lie there and toss about, so at a loss about you. How I wish my heart would leave my memories alone. Why must I redream, relive the joys we have known? As I listened to the second performance of the song, I felt that the plot might become very similar to the finale of Going My Way, with the song being sold to a publisher and helping people of faith reach their goal. But the plot of Come to the Stable takes a spin in another direction, implying that Robert's melody for the song comes from a hymn that we hear the nuns singing nearby. Robert says the song completely came from his own mind, scribbled on a piece of paper while stationed in France during World War II. And that, we know, is where the nuns were living at the time. In the end, Robert finds out that he did get inspiration for the song from the nuns, and he repays them by funding the hospital. As for the man who sang for actor Hugh Marlowe, Ken Darby had been involved in dubbing for on-screen performers for about a decade, most famously singing for the Munchkin's mayor in The Wizard of Oz. He spent a lot of his early career at the Walt Disney Studios as a vocal arranger while singing with his group, the Ken Darby Singers. That's them backing up Bing Crosby on his official recording of White Christmas in 1942. None of Ken Darby's work had a corresponding Academy Award nomination, but his work with Alfred Newman on writing Through a Long and Sleepless Night would start a very long and prosperous partnership that will bring Darby Oscar recognition in about a decade. The song Through a Long and Sleepless Night was one of seven Oscar nominations that Come to the Stable received. Loretta Young was nominated in the Best Actress category, and Celeste Holm was in the Supporting Actress category with co-star Elsa Lanchester. Many critics who wrote about the Academy Award nominations believed Loretta Young deserved the Oscar for her performance, but failed to give any mention of the nominated song and its chances. We'll have to hear the remaining four nominees ourselves before we can make up our minds. Another 1949 film received Oscar nominations for Best Actress and Best Song. Susan Hayward was a Best Actress nominee for My Foolish Heart, and the title song received a nomination as well. Writing the song were Oscar winners Ned Washington and Victor Young. After winning two Oscars for working on Pinocchio, Washington spent just a few more years with Disney before he veered into writing songs for live-action movies. In the five years since earning a nomination for writing the song Rio de Janeiro, Washington hadn't worked too much in Hollywood, collaborating with Young on an album for Ella Fitzgerald in 1944. Young was tasked with writing the score for My Foolish Heart, and when he was told there was a scene in a nightclub, Young's response was to write a new song for the scene. Young asked Washington to get back into the Hollywood songwriting gig for the title song for My Foolish Heart, and while it might have been a worthy task for an Oscar winner, the song gets very little attention in the film. 
In the nightclub scene, we can barely hear the song over the den of the nightclub. And then it's almost completely drowned out when Susan Hayward and Dana Andrews have a conversation before he goes off to fight in World War II. The song pops up again late in the movie, after Dana Andrews' character is killed while working stateside on a plane. Susan Hayward attends a dance, and the song plays while others dance to it. The memory of the nightclub scene comes back to her, and she cries over her loss. This is as much of the song as we can really hear in the scene. Martha Mears was the nightclub singer who performs My Foolish Heart. She had sung a few other Oscar-nominated songs, but only as dubs for actresses who mouthed the words on screen. This was the first time she would introduce a nominated song on screen, albeit for barely a minute. At least she got screen credit for her brief appearance. Though Ned Washington's lyrics don't get much exposure in the film, Victor Young's music for the song is prevalent from beginning to end. The melody forms the love theme of the score, and that might have helped the song become more memorable to Academy voters when it came time to pick the nominees. Since the movie came out on Christmas Day in 1949, the tune was very likely fresh in voters' minds when nomination ballots arrived in their mailboxes that January. It didn't hurt either that nearly a dozen people wanted to record the song in 1949 and 1950. Billy Eckstein had the biggest hit of them all, getting up to number six on the Billboard charts with a version that runs three full minutes, most of which is Victor Young's music. Eckstein's baritone voice might be a little strange to hear after we've been inundated with Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, and the like for dozens of songs so far. You'll get a better idea of what the song is about with this performance. The singer's heart has fallen for the wrong people so many times that it's hard to believe that this time is for real. Then let the 
this time it isn't fascination or a dream that will fade and fall apart it's love this time it's love my foolish heart for this time it isn't fascination or a dream that will fade and fall apart it's love this time it's love my foolish We'll move on now from a song that barely appears in a movie to a song that almost didn't make it into a movie. I'm talking about the song Baby It's Cold Outside, which made its debut in the movie Neptune's Daughter. The song was written by Frank Lesser, but he didn't write it specifically for the movie. The song was created as a piece of entertainment at a party Lesser and his wife threw at their New York City home in 1944. The song is a duet between a man and a woman with the man trying to keep the woman from going home after a romantic evening together. Using various reasons, such as it being too snowy, to the woman being a little too drunk to drive home, and buoyed by what must have been a convincing performance by Lesser and his wife Lynn Garland, no relation to Judy, by the way, the song was requested every time the Lessers were invited to a party. Lesser was hired to write songs for the musical comedy Neptune's Daughter for MGM, which was his first big assignment since earning an Oscar nomination in 1947 for writing one song for The Perils of Pauline. He submitted three songs that seemed to work well enough in the film as performed by Red Skelton, Ricardo Maltaban, and others. But when the movie was screened for MGM's censors, they found one song to be too suggestive. I'm not sure what's offensive about Slow Boat to China other than the title Boat would feature a man and a woman alone. There is no verse to this song Cause I don't want to wait a moment too long To say that I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China All to myself alone Get you and keep you in my arms evermore. Leave all your lovers weeping on a faraway shore. Out on the briny with that moon big and shiny. Melting your heart of stone Honey, I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China All to myself By the way, that was Gloria Wood and Harry Babbitt singing on that track, the same two who introduced the Woody Woodpecker song to the world the previous year. Perhaps the insinuation in Slow Boat to China that the man and woman are unmarried was too much to handle in 1949, and MGM asked Lesser to come up with another song. Instead of writing a new one, he offered Baby It's Cold Outside. We get two performances of the song. First up is Ricardo Montalban and Esther Williams. He's a star polo player from South America named Jose. And she is Eve, the co-owner of a women's bathing suit company. He's in love with her. She's a career woman with no designs on love. There's a case of mistaken identity that brings these two together, 
and in a scene near the middle of the movie, Eve goes to Jose's house to make sure he isn't dating her sister, Betty. The mistaken identity comes about when the polo club's masseuse, Jack, pretends he's Jose to woo Betty. So now that we have all the situations set up, Eve is at Jose's apartment believing Betty is there. Jose begins to pour the charm on Eve as she prepares to leave, leading to, baby, it's cold outside. Jose gives lots of excuses for Eve to stay, including the snowy weather, the chance of pneumonia, and the warm fireplace. Now what's funny about the song being placed here is that the film is set in sunny Los Angeles, and Jose even says it's a warm summer evening before bursting into song. If you were to watch the scene that goes along with the performance, you'll see that Eve, at various points in the song, actually considers staying. But in the late 1940s, it was considered taboo for an unmarried woman to stay at a single man's home for an extended period of time. You know, on second thought... Yes? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been... Hoping that you drop in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace roar. So really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Are like stars to right break now. This spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, no, no. Mind sir. if I move any closer? At least I'm gonna say that I try. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't. Oh, stay. baby, don't hold out, baby. Oh, it's, it's cold outside. I simply must. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside. The welcome has been... lucky that you dropped in. So nice and warm. Look out the window at that storm. My sister will be... Gosh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. My maid Ned's mind is vicious. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Or maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a blizzard before. I've got to get but home. But baby, you'd freeze out there. Say, lend me a call. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. I thrill when you touch but my hand. don't you see? How can you do this thing to me? It's bound to be talked tomorrow. Think of my lifelong At sorrow. At least there will be plenty implied. If you got pneumonia and I die, really can't get stay. over that old doubt, baby. Oh, but it's, it's cold, cold outside. We cut right away from Jose's apartment to Jack's apartment, where the song continues with the gender roles reversed. Betty is playing the same tricks on Jack that Jose played on Eve saying that the fireplace is so warm and the weather is too cold. It's interesting how the song can work for a man or a woman. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you'd drop so me. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like My ice. mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roll. So really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Maybe just a little drink more. Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might But think. baby, it's bad out. There. Say what's in these no dreams? No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars to right break now. this spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks I red. ought to say no, no, senor. I move in At close. least I'm going to say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Oh, baby, don't hold out, oh, baby. but it's, it's cold outside. You simply must go Baby, it's cold outside The answer is no But baby, it's cold outside The greeting has been Lucky that I dropped So nice and warm Look out the window 
at that Your door. sister will be suspicious. Your lips look delicious. Your brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. Your maiden aunt's mind is vicious. Your lips are delicious. Maybe just a cigarette Never more. such a blizzard before. You've got to go But home. baby, I'd freeze out there. I'll lend you my coat. It's up to my knees out there. You've really been grand. Real when you touch me. But don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of your lifelong. At far. least there will be plenty implied. If I caught pneumonia and died. You really can't Get stay. over that old out, oh, baby. But it's, it's cold outside. Jose doesn't convince Eve to stay with him, but Betty wins the battle turning off the lamp at the end of the song to suggest what they couldn't possibly show in the movies in 1949. When Baby It's Cold Outside was listed among the five Best Song nominees, other songwriters petitioned the Academy for its removal, stressing that it had not been written specifically for Neptune's Daughter, or any other film for that matter. It's likely they were pointing to an item in an Academy newsletter to members that stated, quote, Music composed, but not for motion pictures, and used in films, is not considered eligible. The Academy responded by saying that Baby It's Cold Outside fit enough of the criteria to be eligible because no one had recorded it in a studio or released it as a commercial record before it was used in the movie. We remember the drama that took place when the last time I saw Paris won the Academy Award after not being written for movies. Baby It's Cold Outside seems to have fit the rules because it wasn't pre-recorded and we'll see if voters were okay with its inclusion. The fourth nominated song didn't carry the same degree of controversy as Baby It's Cold Outside, but it probably should have. The song is Lavender Blue, and it appears in the Disney movie So Dear to My Heart. The credited songwriters are composer Elliot Daniel and lyricist Larry Morey, but that song owes a lot to the English folk tune of the same name written around the mid-1600s. The opening lyric of the 1949 version is exactly the same as the 1600s version. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. After that, Maury takes the original lyric and changes it ever so slightly in the first verse. The remainder of the 60-second song, it seems, came entirely from Maury and can't be found in any of the verses of the 1600s song. Because there is no official recording of the English folk song, I'm not sure if Elliot Daniel used his own melody and shaped it around the lyrics, but that's what likely happened. It's sung one night on the farm as Uncle Hiram, played by singer-turned-actor Burl Ives, sings with his guitar. The new lyrics tell of a man who is looking forward to the day he weds his bride, who will wear a dress in lavender blue. It has nothing to do with the plot of the film, since there is not a couple heading for a wedding in the movie, but its style fits in with the setting. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. If I were king, dilly dilly, I'd need a queen. Who told me so, dilly dilly, who told me so? I told myself, dilly dilly, I told me so. If your dilly dilly heart feels a dilly dilly way And if you answer yes In the pretty little church on the dilly dilly day You'll be wed in the dilly dilly dress of lavender blue Dilly dilly, lavender green Then I'll be king, dilly dilly And you'll be my queen. Burl Ives sang a slightly longer version on a commercial record, and it gave him his first Billboard Top 10 chart ranking in spring 1949. It spawned a lot of renewed interest in Lavender Blue, which I suspect hadn't been heard for close to 300 years. No one raised a fuss about Lavender Blue not being entirely original, but if they had, there would have been other song options to nominate from So Dear to My Heart, including the title song. It's sung by John Beale, who served as the adult narrator who sings the song about various days in each season that bring back memories from his childhood. It's a little longer, and it fits into the film's narrative. 
the greatest wealth a man may acquire is the wisdom he gains from living. And sometimes out of the small beginnings come the forces that shape a whole life. September day when that old shady lane we strolled was just turning scarlet and gold so dear to my heart so dear to my heart that December day When the first touch of frost and snow Had painted each tree in the road So dear to my heart I still can picture the flowers in a shower And that picnic in July And I still treasure each and every hour Of those years that had to fly They're locked in my heart In a corner apart While I tenderly hold the key As long as I live they will be So dear to my heart Eight men were responsible for writing five songs in So Dear to My Heart. Daniel and Maury wrote two of them, and the title song was written by Irving Taylor and Ticker Freeman. Of these four, Maury was the only Hollywood veteran, having secured an Oscar nomination in 1942 for writing Love is a Song for Bambi. Writing the song So Dear to My Heart would be Freeman's only time writing for movies after being pulled away from writing songs in New York's Tin Pan Alley. He's going to be very busy in the 1950s, though, serving as musical arranger and conductor for Dinah Shore's long-running variety TV show. Irving Taylor also will find more work in television in the 1950s, but not the same level of success as Freeman. We'll be hearing more from Elliot Daniel in a future episode of this podcast. And as for Larry Morey, this will be his final Oscar nomination and one of his final contributions to the movies. I don't think he knew that his career in the movies was ending, so he could only hope that his second Oscar nomination could result in a win and give him a boost. Two of the nominated songwriters in 1949 were also looking for their first Oscar wins, but not their first nominations, Sammy Kahn and Jewel Stein. The two had been writing songs together since 1942 and had collected five Oscar nominations together. Nomination number six was for the title song of the Doris Day movie, It's a Great Feeling. Since Stein and Kahn were under contract at Warner Brothers in the late 1940s, they had the good fortune of writing songs for the rising star Doris Day, also under contract at Warner's. Sure, she wasn't Frank Sinatra, but she was able to make hits out of a lot of her songs. Stein and Kahn wrote six songs for the movie, almost all of them performed by Doris Day with some help from co-stars Dennis Morgan and Day's boyfriend, Jack Carson. Just as production was about to start, director David Butler asked for a song to go over the opening credits to set up the comedy feel of the movie. In a matter of hours, Kahn and Stein came up with It's a Great Feeling. It's just a minute long, with the lyrics describing the ecstasy of being in love and how the sun seems to shine brighter and people seem nicer. Find the clouds are silver lined. 
it's a great, great feeling to walk down the street and see the folks you meet smile back at you as long as I've got someone to embrace as far as I'm concerned the world is such a lovely place it's a great, great feeling your credit is nil you'll never make a mill but nonetheless I The song gets a reprise during the closing title card as we see Doris Day's character marrying a man that looks just like Errol Flynn. Yeah, it's a great feeling indeed when your husband looks like that. The song in the film was just a minute long, but Stein and Kahn expanded it to create a version long enough for a commercial single. The orchestration and vocal arrangement is a lot cleaner here, and the jazz feel works better than the big band version in the film. It's a great feeling to suddenly find the clouds are silver-lined when the sun breaks through. It's a great feeling to walk down the street, see the folks you meet smiling back at you. As long as I've got someone to embrace, as far as I'm concerned, the world is such a lovely place. It's a great feeling, your credit is nil, you never make a mill, but nonetheless I state, if you're in love, you're feeling great. It's a great, great feeling, to suddenly find the clouds are silver lined, when the sun breaks through, skies are blue. It's a great, great feeling, to walk down the street and see the folks you meet, smiling back at you. As long as I've got someone to embrace As far as I'm concerned, the world is such a lovely place It's a great, great feeling Your credit is nil, you never make a mill But nonetheless I state Feeling great If you're in love, you're feeling great As far as I'm concerned, the world is such a lovely place. You walk down the street and see the folks you meet, smiling back at you while the sun's breaking through. And first thing you know, your heart's all aglow, and suddenly you find the clouds are silver lined. It's a great, great feeling, your credit is nil, you never make a mill. But nonetheless, I stay feeling great. If you're in love, heaven's above. I'm here to state you're feeling great. Every singer is allowed one or two failures, and it's a great feeling was that failure for Doris Day. At least the song was. It never made an impact on the public, which didn't help it find a place on the Billboard charts. But the movie was a success and continued to help people fall in love with Doris Day, the actress. Some of the top songwriters and singers were left out of 1949's Oscar nominations, including Ray Evans and Jay Livingston, the winners of the previous year's Oscar for Original Song. After the success of Buttons and Bows, Ray and Jay wrote more songs for Bob Hope's next film called The Great Lover. It's about an American looking for love on a ship headed for France. The song of note is Lucky Us, and it's very reminiscent of Thanks for the Memory in that it is part song, part conversation, and the song flows from the conversation Bob Hope is having with the woman he is wooing. He thinks they'll be happy even though they'll be poor, yet she dreams of being dressed in expensive clothes. Look, let's say it's a year from now. You and I are settled in North Zanesville. We have our little troubles, our headaches. So our bank accounts a joke. We're penny inspectors. Of course, we meet lots of folks. We do. They're all bill collectors. Oh, no. Oh, yes. 
our checkbook is minus, but when our arms entwine us, gee, lucky us. Lucky us? Oh, but Freddie, we couldn't pop. Uh, I'm just getting warmed up. Give me a chance, Alexandria. Alexandria. Alex. Do you mind if I call you Al? Oh, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> so we don't eat crepes, Suzette. Mm, but I like them. They make you so weighty. We'll eat what Grandma et. Et? Et. She lived way past 80. You mean no pheasants and brandy? Uh-uh, but lots of hot dogs handy. Gee. What's a hot dog? Lucky us. A hot dog? Well, that's like caviar with skin. You bury it in a bun, kill the taste with hot mustard, then you drink a lot of soda pop to put on the fire. You sounds terrible. Not if your team's winning. Freddie, you don't know what you'd be getting into. When shopping, I'm reckless. A bracelet, a necklace, or half a dozen Paris frocks. Are they cheaper by the dozen? Mm -mm. Oh, what difference does it make? You can't kiss a bank book, and gold has a blank look. Who would want to live in Fort Knox? I like to think these two characters will end up singing Thanks for the Memory in about 10 years. The big musical of 1949 was On the Town, a film adaptation of the Broadway show. Many of the songs by Leonard Bernstein, Adolph Green, and Betty Comden were dropped for the film version. Bernstein reportedly wanted nothing to do with the screen version, so Roger Eden stepped in to write two new songs with Green and Comden. The title song is original to the film, and sung by pretty much the entire cast. It's a fun little production number that, sadly, it seemed Academy voters weren't going for anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, we're off on a lock. I've got one suggestion before we embark. There are lots of nice things to do in the dark, but let's not go rowing in Central Park. Whoa, 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 we're going on the town. New York, we're riding on a rocket. Gonna really sock it. Because tonight's the night We're going on a toot We're gonna raise a riot Brooklyn Bridge, we'll buy it And hit the heights tonight Get high as kites tonight The other big musical of 1949 was The Barclays of Broadway, which marked the final on-screen pairing of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Harry Warren teamed up with Ira Gershwin for nearly a dozen songs for the movie, seven of which made it in. The one that stood out for the critics most was You'd Be Hard to Replace, mostly because it felt like it had a real-life connection to Rogers and Astaire, who were never going to be on-screen together again. All that I know is you'd be hard to replace Where else in all the world such loveliness and such grace The poet often chanted the love he found divine was he granted a lady love like mine deep down deep down inside my secret heart knows the more that I'm with you the more and more my rapture grows Without you at my side, I fear no future could I face. For you be oh so hard to replace.
Judy Garland was supposed to be a Stairs co-star, but she was fired because she was starting to spiral from an addiction to pills. The Bright Spot is getting this encore performance for Astaire and Rogers, and in color, no less. So you have to remember that the songs that did not make the Oscar nominations list might have had some support, but because of the preferential voting list that asked voters to rank their choices, many of these songs just didn't get enough support at the top of the list. We can't moan the exclusion of these songs from the Oscar nominations because we do have a good list as it is. Neptune's Daughter was the highest grossing film among the ones nominated for Best Song, with $3.4 million in box office receipts. The nominations for the Original Song Award were no different from the previous three years, but the music branch decided that in 1949, only three nominations were enough for the two scoring awards. There's no explanation in the rules why the music branch sliced two slots off the scoring award nominations and left the song award intact. With film studios returning to contributing financially to the Academy Awards ceremony, the festivities went big and grand on March 23, 1950. The Pantages Theater was the locale where more seats were available to more movie stars, making the fans in attendance excited. Ceremony director and Oscar-winning musical director Johnny Green shook up the presentation of the performance of the nominated songs, spreading them out over the ceremony to allow more performance time for each. Only one of the songs featured the original performers, and that was Baby It's Cold Outside. Well, not all of the original performers sang at the ceremony. Ricardo Montalban, Betty Garrett, and Red Skelton appeared, but in Esther Williams's place was Arlene Dahl. It's nice that the song was given the opportunity to be performed with the gender-switching ploy. In keeping with the country feel of Lavender Blue, Gene Autry sang that song, while Dean Martin was on hand to sing Through a Long and Sleepless Night. It was his first appearance at the Academy Awards, but definitely not his last. Once all the songs had been performed, it was Cole Porter who stepped onto the stage to announce the winner of all three music awards. Porter wasn't having very much success with his movie songs in the late 1940s, but Broadway was literally singing his praises when he came to the 1950 ceremony. His musical, Kiss Me Kate, had been selling out for more than a year, and he was on the way to breaking the coveted 1,000 performance mark and winning the first Tony Award for Best Musical. So, with no hard feelings about how Hollywood had treated him, Porter announced the winner of the Best Original Song to be... Baby, It's Cold Outside. Frank Lesser had just become the third person to win for writing a song solo, after Harry Owens and Irving Berlin. Winning the award likely meant a great deal to Lesser, who was still in the doghouse at home. His wife, Lynn Garland, was supposedly upset that Lesser sold what she believed was their song to Hollywood. I'm not sure if the Oscar win softened the blow for Lynn Garland, but it was definitely the start of something bigger in 1950 for them. As Porter was announcing Baby It's Cold Outside as the Oscar winner, Lesser's next project on Broadway was getting ready to make its world premiere and be the successor to Kiss Me Kate as the next Tony winner. That musical was Guys and Dolls, and not only would it run for 1,200 performances, but also win the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. That award was rescinded by the committee when it was discovered that, in the wave of exposing communism in post-war America, book writer Abe Burroughs had communist leanings. Luck Be a Lady remains the top song from the show, which will get its inevitable Hollywood adaptation in 1955. This was MGM's fourth win in the Best Song category, putting them one shy of the record that Paramount had just set a year earlier. These two studios, which had always been at the forefront of presenting songs and movies, set themselves apart from the rest after 16 years of this award. Some music critics weren't too thrilled about the Best Song Oscar selection that year. Ted Kovach, a writer for the Los Angeles Valley Times, said, The tune is trite, adding, quote, It's had its little splurge and is completely washed up, because the fundamentals and harmonies upon which it is musically constructed are as shallow and unexciting as a novel written by a two-year-old with the vocabulary of a dozen or so words. Ouch. And if that wasn't bad enough, Kovach concludes his analysis by saying, quote, If Baby It's Cold Outside is an example of the best song from a motion picture, 
I'm all for television. It can be shut off at will. End quote. Double ouch. Contrary to Kovacs' prediction, Baby It's Cold Outside became one of the most recorded Oscar-winning songs throughout the 20th century. Everyone from Dean Martin and Ray Charles to Michael Buble and Kelly Clarkson have made hits out of the song. In the early 2000s, the song took on some controversy when journalists started to question the intent of the lyrics, equating the man's lyrics as sexual harassment and even a precursor to date rape. When the woman asks, what's in this drink?, people believe she had been drugged. But many defenders of the song point out that what's in this drink was an expression in the late 1940s to excuse someone's behavior by feigning ignorance that they may have been drinking alcohol. Lesser died in 1969, many years before his most popular song became a cautionary tale and not a fun duet, so he wasn't around to defend it. It's easy to feel that the song implies that a man could take advantage of a woman's sensibilities just by the power of suggestion, but the song can also be viewed as a comic duet, as it is portrayed in the film. Maybe next year's Academy Award-winning song will not be a boilerplate for controversy. We'll just have to find out as we explore the five nominated songs from 1950 on the next episode. I'm curious to know what you think about the lyrics to Baby It's Cold Outside. Do you think the controversy is warranted? Let's start a conversation on the show's Twitter page at, at Best Song Podcast. Thanks everyone for singing along with me on this episode. I really had a lot of fun. Let's do it again next time. The Best Song Podcast is not authorized or endorsed by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The show's creator, writer, producer, and editor is Jeff Cummings. All music clips are permitted for use under the Education Clause of the Fair Use Doctrine in United States law.